Welcome to Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon. We talk about current events, we conduct interviews, and good old-fashioned shit-talking. Our hosts, Bill, Anthony, and Delvin, will keep you informed on what's going down with that brown. In this episode, we get to wrap with Louisville native bourbon expert and hospitality entrepreneur, Andrea Merriweather. She's been making moves in the industry for a hot minute, and now she's poised for a takeover. So grab a glass and kick it with us as Andrea teaches us how to explore like a tourist and eat and drink like a critic. Okay, let's get it. So welcome to the Black and Brown Podcast, Season 4, what we believe is Episode 4. Yes, <laughs> Episode 4, man. I'm a Virgo. I'm a detail guy. Yeah. yeah. If not, it'll be in the cleanup show. Yes, sir. Anyway, I am A. Colbert the Plug, your man on the mic, and as always with me is W.H. Stevens, the Silverback. What's going on, cousin? How you doing, fam? Good to see you, brother. You too, man. And across the table from me is Delvin Joyce, the People's Choice. What's up, D-Joyce? What's the deal, fam? Chilling. And we are so <laughs> lucky to have with us in the house, after so some lucky. time trying to coordinate dates and get it together, the illustrious queen herself, Andrea Merriweather. Welcome to the show. Yes. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you for Cheers, cheers, man. It's very good to see you, sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's funny, though, because, you know, we, we always try to do a little bio on people coming on the show. And you were like um, the Kim Wayne to the Bruce Wayne. It was <laughs> it was hard to track down some info on you. We saw a little bit of stuff about you doing some tourism stuff, right? No, there's a lot going on. And by the yeah, way, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say how hard it was. Yeah. Now, now, sis, we we didn't track down a lot of people for this show, a lot right? Of people, but man. Andre, you might have been the toughest. No, yep. no doubt, no doubt. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad we finally reeled her. Yeah, we will give you yeah, the yeah, award. Yeah, because the the one thing I did get out of the research I was trying to do is like where you at in the bar industry. You're the CEO and the creator of Bar Fair, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, so tell the people a little bit about you, and then we'll get into how we can find out more about you as we discuss things. So the mic is yours. Sure. Well, first and foremost, I'm a very Kentucky girl. That's how I start my life. Oh, um, nice. Guns, hunting, shooting, whiskey. Wow. Okay, so what do you hunt? It's not red Wild there. turkeys. When, when wedding Wild invitations turkeys. going out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ooh. what do you hunt, man? What? what? Pappy Van Winkle, that's what I she hunt. Yeah. A bourbon? I mean, just really quickly, you have to remember, a lot of people don't know this about me. I am the youngest grandchild of 12. I'm the only girl. Oh, wow. Dang. Oh, the only girl and, and the baby. Or, or the youngest. Um, yes. So and you're competitive. So you're I'm, competitive, too. I'm, I'm super, and I'm, I'm the boss. Like, yeah. everybody knows it. Like, there, oh, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Like, I, the youngest is the one in charge, period. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm no. the oldest. But, I mean, so. I had to be. I mean, I grew up with a bunch of boys that thought they were bigger and better, and, but they all needed me. Exactly. So, mm. Yeah, well, them, <laughs> date, them dates had to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know. so, you, so, you were, so how old were you when you went on your first date? I was 16. Dang! Uh, so who? So how many? Uh, how many uh, um, cousins went with you on that date? Everybody. Oh, the whole hood showed up. <laughs> she going where? Not the whole hood. Well, the whole, she said she. She said she the is from the whole block. All of 42nd Street was out on that porch. Oh, that's all of 42nd Street. That's dope. You, you know, it's funny. So some of the interviews I did see you talking about. Some of the articles I read, which was dope, is is you grew up like you said, born and raised in Louisville. You repped the Lou, if I can say the Lou. You know. You People get confused with St. Louis, but yeah. you rep the Lou, right? And you're doing some yeah. great things out there, you know. So tell um, yeah. yeah, tell us what you got popping out there. So a 
lot of cool things like, for instance, you know, COVID really just impacted the hospitality industry in a huge way. Mm-hmm. You know, we were really forced to examine internally, like, how we're treating our people, the kind of service that we're rendering, um, stories that we aren't telling in marketing and in historic places. I mean, just, it was, you know, it was house cleaning time is what I call COVID. Because <laughs> yeah, it, right, yeah. <laughs> it was really some rugs being pulled. Yeah, <laughs> being no doubt. Wide. But I thought that it was really important because it allowed me to kind of really think about, you know, when I was, and I started out in the industry when I was 25. I'm 36 now. I was going to say two and, years ago. Yeah, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> 25. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I started out at like, you know, in my 20s, like around that age, you know, you're still drinking vodka, still, <laughs> you know, turn, you know, you're just doing all kind of stuff. You're being very explorative in what you want to be. But mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. first, uh, hospitality job was with global tourism and back then I remember like I used to travel all across the U.S. and abroad like we could not pay people to drink Kentucky bourbon I remember when Pappy was on the shelf wow. everybody tells us about yeah. the good everybody old days that, man, but, right? you know, I don't know I don't know I if I believe when it Pappy was on the shelf and nobody would buy it nobody cared about Blanton so I mean nobody cared like this stuff was out on the shelf like Next to Seagram. So like, many, nobody cares. So how many you got? You, I mean, you you stack some up or no? You missed it. Oh, listen. I'm, I'm way ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> way ahead. My basement. I'm full. a numbers person, so I'm always ahead of the curve. Okay. I have two full, complete sets of happy. One, Julian Van Winkle gave to me on my 25th birthday, and I still have the whole set. Wow. What? And... I got another set just because somebody just dropped it off on my porch. And I didn't know. See, like, Louisville, dog. Dang. Louisville's <laughs> popping with bottles. Someone <laughs> dropped off the whole family of Pappy Van Winkle on your porch. People drop bottles off on my porch all the time, but I've moved part of my staff to my parents' home, and my father's job, his part-time job, is to archive my burden. So he has living the dream. <laughs> right. So that's he why doesn't he doesn't drink. Yeah, he but he's living the dream. He's the perfect wow. person to archive it. Oh, and my goodness. Somebody's pulling back here with a U-Haul truck, and they said they've got something for you. I said, just take it. The that's wow <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> and i don't even know how to act right and, now. and by the way i mean you are andrea i don't want to i don't want to like um underplay this you are a bona fide celebrity in this industry and where where you Thanks. first got on our radar we were doing an interview um for with dr aaron gilliam that's correct yes that is correct <laughs> Yes, yes, cool as a fan, by the way. Dead in hand. And she was like, Have you guys talked to Andrea Merriweather? And we were like, Who? Who? No, wait. And she was like, Social ego. And then, then, like, maybe I don't know how much longer, but sometime later, I then saw you doing an interview with Fred Minnick. And I was like, yo, that's the lady that, that Dr. Gilliam was talking about. Right, yeah. So that's when we started hiding out in yeah. your bushes and stalking you. And right, stuff. man. Right. <laughs> She's like so. the black godfather, man. Hey, by, the way, yeah. Yeah. by the way, did you get that, did you, did you get that package of uh, Pappy we dropped off for you? <laughs> no, but if you all would have dropped me a bottle, that would have been nice. But no, like, that's the other thing I want people to understand about this industry. Like, all through COVID, like, it was crazy. Like, I had to revamp. So much stuff, like I decided I would go out to my parents' house because they live a little closer to the county. 
line and I'm in the city. So I went out there. I literally set up a studio in their backyard and I made all the brand ambassadors and brand people come out there and film with me in my parents' backyard. Yo, like, that's <laughs> dope. That's, that's like, so smart. You know, yeah. We kept stuff like super COVID safe. Um, a lot of the African American wine guys from the East Coast, I would do wine night with them in the evenings, do bourbon during the day. Like, I was shooting like full promo videos, like everything from my parents' backyard oh, or their that's, living room. Yo, that is fire. Yeah, I love it. So, so is that what bar fair is essentially? It's like you doing so things. Where, so, we're a food and beverage consulting company. Um, I was in fine dining for five years after I left Louisville Tourism. Um, I was doing craft beverage development at the Historic Ken Dennis Club. Um, I was the, one, the very few black and or female bartenders there. Um, that club is, uh, it's, a, it's a male club. Yeah, of course. Um, they, they, they didn't have black membership until a few years ago. So, ultra light skin, um, yeah. And that's where Tom Bullock developed um, his classic book, The Ideal Bartender. He was uh, the lead bartender at the Historic Dinner Club. Oh, wow. So, oh, so, I'm, wow. so I'm curious. So you called yourself a bartender. You know, we hear people say mixologist. Like, what do you prefer? Boss? I would say I'm, I was at the club, definitely. I was doing a healthy portion of both because when you think bartender, you're thinking of someone just, you know, executing a drink. A mixologist is doing a lot more development of the beverage. Mm. So they're actually carrying the flavor profiles, like thinking about the execution of that experience before it's ever served. So it's a little bit LinkedIn. It takes a lot more detailed skills there and knowledge of your products and experience. So at the club, you're doing a little bit of both. Um, most popular things served there is old fashioned, of course, and we do it the traditional way right. um, at the Pendennis Club. And so I'm always like a little snobbish when I'm out because if people make it wrong or if I feel like they're not, I don't like you to riff a classic unless you know a classic really well. Right. Okay. okay. So so let me so, ask this question then: what What is the perfect classic old fashioned? Because I know I'm guilty of making it incorrectly or just. So traditionally, a lot of people don't know this, but they're made with rye. Yep. And the reason that you know you do that because you get more of that smokier profile that really doesn't take away. So think about this the next time you're enjoying a cocktail, and I tell people this is what separates just going to a regular bar that doesn't care about craft versus a real craft bar experience. Mm-hmm. It's all about uh, the balance of the flavor. So as you're drinking every sip, you should get a different layer Ooh. of that drink. Mm. You should not just be, you know, boom, whiskey, orange, blah, blah. <laughs> like every time you sip it, you should say, oh, you know, spice. Ooh, that, you know, that's a smoky finish or, you know, wow, you know, that's full power experience. I feel it from the roof to the top, you know. You should be having an experience while you're drinking your cocktail. Wow. This okay. should be like super hot. Yo, I can listen to her talk about this all, all day. I was, that's why I'm so quiet. I was like, I'm so mesmerized. Yeah, right I mean, so yeah, real. dope. So I'm going to go ahead and shoot my shot real quick. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and shoot my shot. But I'll, but I'll tell you all, like, my, my first day of work at Louisville Tourism was crazy, right? So... That was technically my first bourbon experience when I was 25. So they put me on this bus and they're like, we're going to go out into bourbon country. We're going to hit the trail. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and, you know, so my first stop was, a, 
I get really emotional about it, but Al Young started my tour. So Al Young at Four Roses, which is why I'm drinking this day. Okay. So he was like, not even know who he was. Like, you know, you meet people like that then, and it's just like... You have to put it in perspective for us because we're young in the industry trying to learn things. I mean, you're you're right in the nucleus of it. So tell us and the people who Al Young is and why he's so significant. I mean, Al Young was really like like the heart and soul of that brand. Like when you think about like icon. So what we always say in the bourbon industry that a lot of people don't think about is that we are not drinking new juice, and that's why we're so spoiled mm-hmm. in this industry because we're still drinking like original Jimmy Russell juice. Yep. We're still drinking like a lot of this iconic distillate. Hmm. We haven't even tasted new school juice technically. <laughs> even with the four it. year because a lot of that shit is still like off of the foundation of those icons. So I meet Al Young and I'm telling you all like today in today's world Al Young standing out front with a dozen roses in his book that he wrote, like waiting on me. Oh wow! Dang. Wow! Yeah, wow. I can I can feel that. I feel that. Yeah, like waiting, and I'm like, who is this? Who is this little old man waiting on me? I mean, he's just happy. <laughs> like he just can't wait. I mean, he's just dragging me all around this distillery, all this dust, talking to me about finally tasting the yeast strains, and I mean, just carrying on. And I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm clapping, and everybody's just. <laughs> You know, it, I mean, it was crazy. It had to be and surreal. They have this, uh, they have this like gazebo on the property, and he had a birthday cake. He's having happy birthday. Was your birthday? And I was like, no. Happy <laughs> 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 he birthday! He signed, he signed my Four Roses book. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> he was just really excited about meeting me. Yeah, that's that's off the chain. And then my my second stop was Buffalo Trace. Yep. Okay. So no, I picked it back. I'm sorry. No, Wild Turkey was my next stop, and Jimmy Russell picked me up on his cute little motorbike. Jimmy Russell, she's a star, dog. She's a star. Her own rock star. she's a rock star. He picked me up on his cute little motorbike, and he was like. What what are you doing tonight? I'm having a birthday party. So I went to Jimmy Russell's Diamond Ball when I was 25. Wow. <clears throat> so you had just gotten into the industry at this point, it right? It was my first day. So, I mean, first day I feel work. like I'm going to cry right now. Well, I mean, so, so what? It was my first day of work. So, I mean, why do you think that happened to you at, you know, just right off the gate? Because, I mean, a lot of people don't get that kind of treatment. They've been in the industry for, for years. I mean, you know, you... Was it because you were, you know, African American, female, or magnetic? No, you don't think it was, it was none of that. Okay. What people don't realize about bourbon country and about being here in the middle of all of this is that the way they trot them around now and like tour them and they're in right. front of people, they weren't doing that ten years ago. You wanted to see them or have conversations with them. Like I remember when they were setting up the tours. They were like, what do you mean us come to Louisville and meet her? They were like, bring my ass out here. We're not leaving our property to meet her. Like that's, If you want to learn bourbon, you want to know bourbon country, you have to be here. Right. I got you. Okay. So, you know, it was just, it's, and I love that because I tell people like, 
it's almost like a mecca. If you're a real lover and a, an appreciator and an enthusiast, you come here. Yeah. You don't you don't leave you don't learn about Bergen in Virginia. Yeah, like right. Oh wait, 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 wait. Hang on. All right. I'm from Virginia. So and for the record, Kentucky used to be a part of Virginia. So I'm just No no no, I'm that's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. You won't learn about Kentucky Bourbon, you come to Kentucky. True story. No, so, true story. So, so we asked we asked three questions to our guests when they're on the show. I mean, you're giving us a lot of gems. I mean, just just to learn the history and where you were at in it, like basically in the history of bourbon. But the first question we ask, and I mean you basically gave us that is like, um, what was that one drink that let you fall in love with the brown? Oh five. Oh, four, oh, 86. Oh, four, 86. Oh, Forrester 86. Really? Can, oh, four, 86. Oh, four, 86. And oh, four, 100 are staples in my household. Do you still if have you those? You will be exited out. Oh, no. Not <laughs> yeah. me. No, no, no. We we are big fans of Old Forrester. Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, wow. Yo, so we're coming out there like next month. Can you introduce us to that Oh, four, 86? Yeah, I actually have Oh, for my birth year, too. Maybe if you all are nice, I'll give y'all some dances. What, 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 how many roses we got to bring you to be nice? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm going to go ahead and spit it right here. What, what I got to bring to you to be nice? We, we might taste through some vintage. That might be nice. So oh, that's what I'm talking about. I, I, I love it. Yeah. That's dope. Yes. So, so the second question before we get into it, and we like, you know, we already started. But the second question is, what bottle are you currently hunting? I mean, you got a stash. It's probably uncomparable. But what are you hunting right now? I am also obsessed with Elijah Craig. So anytime I see a bottle of toasted, I buy about a case. Ooh, shorty, she get it by the case, yo. <laughs> I'm officially. Done. So what? So what do you? What is it about that? What is it about that Elijah Craig toasted that you like so much? So for me, like at heart of heart, I'm really a rye drinker. I, I love something high proof, very smoky, very full bodied. Um, I love it to just you know feel like maple syrup to me mm-hmm. when I'm drinking. That's yes. how I wanted to see. That's wow. what I'm talking about. Wow. Um, yeah. And <laughs> the toasted just gives me that. So I'm I'm kind of pivoting into the Scotch world. Okay. So I feel like it's it's a good little like prelude for me, mm. like getting like into bridge. Scotch, like because it gives me all the similar flavor profiles. Do you like Scotch. Do you like the PD Scotches or is that yes. like really? Okay. Me, please. Oh, peace me, please! Wow, that's kind of that's kind of harsh on me, but you know, I guess it's a learning thing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So the last question, I mean, you have a couple bottles to choose from. If you've listened to the show, you know we like to talk about the nose, the palate, and of course, hashtag bourbon sounds like. So on that O four eighty six, what do you get on the ear with that joint? O four eighty six sounds like. I always say honky tonk, but don't to don't, because I feel like when I'm at these uh, Caucasian music festivals, yeah. I get that vibe of ride hard, Sally. And people ask me that when I'm out, like, well, what are people drinking at these festivals? I was like, people drink meat. Nobody's drinking really cocktails. Right. Like, you're drinking old food stuff, the bottom shelf. Yeah. Right. Huh. 
That's, that's funny. So yeah. I think that's our first honky tonk, but Dunkin' Donuts. I'm, I'm not even mad at it though. <laughs> I, I love it, man. I'm mean, sincere with that joint. <laughs> yes. <For real. laughs> so so as Delvin said, like so when we discovered you, we started following your social media and of course your Instagram, and it was around um, Derby time. So I saw you had a few parties. Yes, yes. Yes. Go ahead with it. I uh-huh. saw you stunting at a few parties. Um, were you hosting around the Derby? Because some of your stuff, like superseded joints going on at the Derby. Mm-hmm. So you you are so, like playing chess while people are playing checkers. You know what I mean? I just like for people to have a really good time. Yeah. I want them to enjoy themselves. I want them to be themselves and see Kentucky through a different lens. Mm. And you can't that if you just, you know, doing these little basic itinerary some yes. people that have never been here don't live here don't know what's up uh, you, you gotta come find the name yeah so what I'm saying what I'm getting at is how do I get on the list that's what I'm getting at how can I get on the list cause I don't wanna be at no whack parties that come derby time <laughs> I mean I have to make up my friends sometimes and you know and everybody will tell you this I don't have a problem going to the promoters telling them that they need to change their experiences because I'm not coming right if they don't wow <laughs> I'm not coming. We, so, found, we found the unicorn dog. <laughs> straight, straight up, and I think what I'm what I'm most impressed about is obviously you are you know this hospitality entrepreneur. You've created this bar concepts deal that we're going to talk about, but mm-hmm. but but you know your bourbon, mm-hmm. you know your whiskey, yep. right? So what would you say, like for our listeners? A lot of our listeners are maybe new to whiskey. They're bourbon curious. Let's say. How did you get your education, and what would you recommend for people trying to really enhance their knowledge of whiskey and and the spirits industry? You know, I tell everyone, start with the bottom shelf beauties. I preach that like the good gospel. Start with everything in the lower end of the brand portfolio, and then work your way up because it teaches you, and you really learn how that brand evolved through prohibition. They changed their style, whether they went to bottle and bond, whether they went straight to rise or never did rise, what if they did a winter wheat like Maker's Mark did that mimicked the flavor profile of a rye and never had to create a rye product. Right. Um, you know, so just making sure that you take the time to educate yourself on the brand, like go to blind tastings. Um, there are a ton of blind tastings that happen in my area. I actually travel around something that we call a brown bag challenge Ooh. that I bring to people's houses. <laughs> and it's always a vibe. Okay. Um, only because I want to teach people, like, stop trying to. Oh, I only drink one hundred and fifty dollar bourbon, and then I put a Crown Royal in a brown bag challenge, and you find out that you really like Crown Royal. <laughs> right, right, right. Hit like, with that you know, I mean, it's, it's all about exploration, and you should constantly. I mean, you can buy books. I mean, I have tons of them. I mean, you can buy the books, you can read, educate yourself, but learn about these brands. When you see tastings or restaurants are hosting tastings, I used to do that a ton in my professional career with the restaurant groups that I worked with. Hosting those are important because they educate you. It's a time to meet people from the brand, decide whether or not you like it, decide mm-hmm. your palate likes it, because that's all that matters. Nice. So, nice. so from the from the lens of an entrepreneur, say you were talking to three guys who were trying to launch something like that, wanted to get you know more people on brand with bourbon, and they wanted to launch some tastings. How would you approach that? 
Think about the basic things that people don't pair bourbons with. Um, like my most popular pairing is when I pair with potato chips. Oh, that's super popular. Mm. Popcorn. Um, Black History Month I always do Grippo wings and bourbon tastings. They sell out. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What are Grippo wings? You got to put us on game because yeah, we know we know about Joella's now. Yeah. We've been to Joella's, <laughs> but I don't know about Grippo wings. Yeah. Talk to us. So Grippos are a popular tip. Uh, barbecue, a lot of spice. So you can buy the seasoning, but I still have our chef because. You know, you got to make it look a little bougie for the people. <laughs> so we still take, you know, the actual chips, and that's how we bread our wing. Oh, okay. Oh, you bread the wing with an actual chip. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then wow. I pair up, like, three different bourbons to go with it. And by the way, Baker's pairs amazing with Baker's. their wings. Dang. Yeah. Baker Seven. Okay. okay. Is there is there Baker any seven. is there any other food that you would say pairs really well with with whiskey or bourbon? African food, Ooh. the spices, mm. like suya. If you did like suya or like a goosey, because you get all those spices and like they don't fight each other, it's like perfect. Mm. So like if you were doing like beef suya and a bunch of meat pours that were like over a hundred proof, oh my god, it'd be like butter sauce, oh my god, and like paprika and cinnamon, Dang. orange. Wow! Yo, all right. So, where can we get African food in Louisville? Well, Zebas. You can go to Zebas Bistro. All right. And he's also classically French trained, so you get that fusion. Oh my god! Does he serve bourbon as well? Does he serve bourbon as well there? So there's there's a bourbon bar right across from him, so you can grab your flight board. (laughs) So you can take your flight board out of the restaurant and go to somewhere else. I mean, that's how Louisville works. So it's in, it's inside of a food hall. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. It's inside of a food hall, so it's really cool. Okay, nice. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and send you our dates when we're there. It sounds like we're gonna do a little food and bourbon crawl. If you're not home, you can put us on game and let your people know. Hey, these guys are coming through. Take care of them, and we get the just roadmap where to go. That is fire. That'd be nice. I I can do that. I can do that. So so what was your first? Your first event. Um, I know you mentioned when you do the things at the bar, but what was the first one where you branded yourself and you did that first event that launched your business? Ooh. Good question. Who Mm -hmm. was that? She's looking up. Good question. Huh. I would say... Was it that Derby? No, it wasn't that Derby. There's, there's been so many events. It's hard. Okay, so does, so what, does anyone no, stand Okay, out? I'll tell you all. Okay. I had, um, had a bunch of, like, boxers in one derby. Uh-oh. And I remember it was it was the same year Muhammad Ali died. Oh, all right. these oh, black God. boxers came to Kentucky to, like, pay homage. All this good stuff. And... Well, it was like the Birdman. What was it? A bunch of people I didn't know. <laughs> but, uh, we did, <laughs> I basically did like a black history tour for them. They wanted to taste whiskeys. So the way I had it set up in the barber shop was so that we could stay on schedule. They were getting haircuts and they were having flight tickets at the same time. Oh, Are you kidding dope. me? That's dope. Oh, very nice. That's wow. awesome. Um, 
so that was a good time. We had a really good time. And like anytime I'm now like in Vegas or Florida, I went up with the guys and I've done presentations at their homes for their charity events. Mm, that's oh, awesome. So it's been real cool. Okay. Nice. But the bourbon and the barbershop thing was like really different. So yeah, that's fire. They yeah, that's different. I, I mean, I saw uh, one of our followers, he goes to a barbershop where he gets cuts and the guy has bottles in there, bourbon and stuff oh, like really? that. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. But um, that would be dope to tie it in with an event. Yes. You know I mean? yeah. So so we, we like to talk about you know women in the industry, minorities and stuff like that, and some of the things you face in the industry being a woman and a CEO of a, of a nice growing brand. And a millennial. Millennial, I wasn't right? going to say all that. Right. Yeah. Women of color. Yeah. Right. But I mean, what are, triple minority, right? Yeah. What, what are some of the challenges you face in the industry, and can you discuss and give light to those? You know, I would say that I never really, and even, you know, when I was younger in my 20s, I never thought about, you know, the lack of representation and not, you know, seeing people that look like me and how that would impact me. And I think, what I always used to mobilize me and energize me was that I was just going to outwork everybody. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even think about like, you know, Oh, well, you know, becoming black or I'm a woman. And I know like, it was just about who, who is going to be better at the execution and who's going to outwork the project because every team that I was on, I was either the youngest, the only woman, the only person of color. Always. The last restaurant group I was with, I was the youngest person and the only woman on the team, eight men. And I learned very quickly that, you know, my father always told me, you'll never be able to bully a man, but with your intelligence. And wow. that's how, you know, you'll, you'll just get it every time. He said, you know, you have to just bully with your intelligence and like, that's what will take you far. Wow. And like, I always prided myself on not being cookie cutter and how I did things. I always prided myself on innovation and finding new ways to solve problems, to strike deals. I, I would take bourbon to the golf course. I would take yes. bourbon to, to the house warming. I would find out whatever I needed to find out about the person that I was trying to secure a deal with and I would fill it with bourbon every time. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're a hustler, <laughs> man. So what was that brand that actually, you know, you know, uh, sealed all these deals for you? I mean, like what brand did you like, you know, take the most to all these events or what, you know, what did you really, you know, gravitate towards? It was always um, Heaven Hill or Old Forester. Um, and you know, just the fact of the matter that people love me and they knew that I wasn't like talking bourbon on like the secondary market. So like people will give me red allocated bottles. Like I don't have to buy them. Like they'll just, they want me to taste them and they want to know what I think. So like I, I get stuff. Oh wow. And I'm just always kind enough because I always carry a flask in my purse. It's always full of something. Right now, Blade and Bow 22 is in there. Oh, Blade and Bow 22. Wow. She's walking around with unicorns. In I know. I got, I got a case, uh, um, next case to the halls. Yeah. I just have like a unicorn no, key ring. Oh, what just happens? I always end up, you know, talking to somebody and they're like, oh, you know, I just wish blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know what? I got that. In my purse. And I always do. I either have a flask or I have like sample <laughs> bottles of stuff they send to me. Hell, somebody dropped a barrel off at my house one time. Are and you I kidding started me? like rocking it. And I was like, 
Ruin it. Was the label spray painted? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> we, I had my father and my uncle come over. We dumped that. I had like three gallons, and I checked the proof. The proof was like one twenty. Oh. I made barrel. I made barrel aged old fashioned. Just invite everybody over. I was like, might as well drink it. Wow! What? Wow! <laughs> I like. I like your style. Yo, yeah, man. You got a front. <laughs> That is. So I'm gonna let you know. I guess you know. Um, growing up in Kentucky, you really have the inside track on a lot of these places. And, you know, I mean, I guess you know a lot of people. I guess you know, growing up there, that you know, and, you know, like uh, you know, um, outsiders don't really have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say the biggest thing is like I I never trapped myself into well I'm only gonna go to black events. Or I'm only gonna go to the events that people I know are hosting. Like I go to polo events. I, I don't miss a golf tournament. Uh, because all the men are there and the people that I probably want to do business with are there. So I do you play golf? There. Do you play golf? Or you I know I'm terrible, but I'm <laughs> so, so, so are we, by the way. Yeah, so are we. Yeah, everybody just lets it ride how bad I am. Like, nobody cares. Oh, one Christmas for a charity, I talked to the people at Maserati and what I said was, hey, how about we let people test drive cars for $100 oh. and then when they get done, I'll just come out here for a whiskey. That's the most popular Christmas event that I do. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That is dope. And then they get to come drink bourbon. So oh, wow. that's I awesome. just made that up off the fly. <laughs> you you preached <laughs> out that. I didn't even realize I was black until I got to a dealership. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you call freestyle bars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's bars. So... <laughs> So, so I do. I do have a couple of questions for you. So, I want to. I want to know more about bar fair concepts, right? Yeah. And and what was your inspiration for starting that business? And and then secondly, you know, as a triple minority, as we just talked about, where there's not a lot of representation in the industry for for people that look like you, um, who were your role models that inspired you to to think that you could even start this business? Sure. So I started the company originally thinking, you know, like, wow, like, I've worked back of house, I've worked front of house, I've worked at the executive level operations, I've seen it all. Um, I can go in and consult and help brands or restaurant groups or other entrepreneurs in this space, you know, kind of figure out, like, how to build things that don't exist in silos, because the thing about this industry is you can't. If you stay in a silo, you'll be so disconnected. Um, this industry is such a living organism. Like, you have to work together with people. And you can't think that you're going to go out here and jam busy on your own and be great because it won't happen. Uh, so I really wanted to help, like, restaurateurs, people that were starting spirits brands, like, really help them, like, understand this industry and then to really bring their brands alive through consumer-facing experiences because it's not the build it and they will come. This right. industry doesn't work that way. Um, and just helping people, you know, really take that consumer experience very seriously. Um, human-centeredness is at the core of the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. And if you don't love people and if you don't want to think about how to elevate their experience every time that they're with you, You'll never survive in this industry. Right, right. Amen. Wow. That's dope. Who, so who gets it right? Can you say? Like, who who would you say has gotten it right? I would say brands that are getting it right or, 
you know, that aren't getting there would be the Brown Foremans of the world, the Heaven Hills. Like, people don't know that Heaven Hill is actually engineered by a lot of women. They have a lot of women leaders and women that are heading those departments in that organization. And it just really refuels, like, a woman's place in this industry. You may not see us, but we're definitely driving the bus. Oh, yeah. We're definitely the wheels on the bus making it go round. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, and, you know, just, I, and I've been encouraging brands, like, you know, because there was such an issue with the conversation around diversity, and it's just like, you all have already been doing a lot of these things. Now it's just time to let people in. Yeah. They don't have to agree with your level of diversity, but if you've been doing it, now's the time to be open to tell your story. Right. Yeah. Totally. True, true story. Love so, it. so yeah. how, so how do you think these brands can can be more diverse and inclusive? Like, what would you recommend? And obviously, you're a consultant, so I don't want you to give this away for free, right? On air mm-hmm. with us with the Black and Brown podcast. No, but, she'll say, "Get at me for a small fee." <laughs> but, but, but how can how can we make the bourbon and whiskey industry more in- inclusive and diverse? Well, I mean, think about you know not just beyond the representation. You know, we are having a real generational shift Mm -hmm. when it comes to staffing and recruitment. The boomers are retiring. The millennials are the most heavily diverse. They're young. They are going to be your future workforce. Your future workforce is not going to look like what it looked like 25 years ago. So if you don't start embracing diversity now, your whole brand is going to crash from the inside out. That's how it's going to happen. And then you need to think about, like, how you're spending your money and who you're spending your money with. Like, corporations have to decide, and I, I, I hate to say this, but people need to realize it, diversity is a business decision. And businesses have to decide how profitable you want to be in the DNI space based on what's important to you. Diversity is not important to you, fine. But five years from now, don't go and go try to grab two chains and you want him to represent <laughs> your business. Like, people are going to look at you crazy. That's people funny. are going to look at you crazy. So if you do that, take a more organic approach. It's like, you know, who are the communities around me? that I'm not serving, that I'm not reaching, how do I connect with them in an organic way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a question for you that um, I know the fellas might have missed, but I kind of wanted to circle back to. When you got that barrel that you dumped and you got those three gallons, right? You said you measured Mm -hmm. the barrel strength. Do you have a hygrometer where you could measure that or how'd you do that barrel strength test? I know people. (laughs) (laughs) You formed that out? So, So you just had some scientists come over to the crib and just... That if I got questions, I can call and ask. Okay. So paint that picture. What was it like? They just came through with their gear and just tested a few samples, weighed some things? I was like, hey, you know, can I drop this? Do you want some over here? Uh-huh. You know, what do you want to do? <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. Yo, I got the brick. I got come through. <laughs> I cook for everybody when they come. So, you know, when people were filming in my parents' backyard, you know, my parents were like, I don't know who I'll be. You know, I mean, those are like big name people like rolling up in my parents' like driveway. They're like, who is this girl with all this? I was like, oh, that's a brand ambassador for Whipper Reserve. I was like, tell her to leave this stuff on the porch. Like, I'm not, you know. Her porch is hot. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Wow. Do not give me that address. Yo, but you heard her say she cooks for everybody that comes. I heard Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. And we are coming. I'm just trying to get the address, bro. Well, I got it. I mean, we got the cell number now. So we we got you. You're going to pinpoint that by the tower. (laughs) Everybody likes the bourbon fried apples. Bourbon fried apples. Explain that to me. Bourbon fried apples, peanut butter bacon, those 
awesome when you're doing like wine, wine tasting. What? So you had me at the bourbon fl- fried apples. Let's go back oysters to and grits. All right, I'm, I'm go listening. back to that, please. Bourbon fried apples. I'm not gonna let you get off of that. <laughs> bourbon fried apples are a thing. Like Fawn Weaver even called me one morning when I was making those. She was like, "Girl, oh, I know you she in just Nashville. got stuck on us, right?" So I mean, said, girl, I know you in Nashville. I said, "I know I'm in Nashville, and I am not coming down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming to Shelbyville." <laughs> So I am not coming down there. So real quick, bourbon fried apple, like because yeah. I said, is that like an apple pie? Or something? Apple you got to give, like, give us yeah, something. You got to give us something on that. So, so if I make pancakes, well, actually, sorry, with my grandmother. When my grandmother used to make pancakes because I wouldn't eat pancakes there. She would fry apples. So I put apple, fry apples on top of my pancakes. Well, this one time, so when my grandfather was infusing or doing weird stuff with whiskey, they would have these big like jugs around the kitchen stuff under the kitchen table. Well she thought she was pulling syrup one Sunday and she pulled whiskey and she you know Yeah. <laughs> apples in that. Oh so now uh-huh. that's what you can do with the filling and it's real easy to make and that's why i tell people people make cooking like real complicated right you can make little hand pies yeah you can make little hand pies literally. just a little flour a little sugar Man. a little salt you know bread out so it is fried up. Wow. So so you are I mean, you are a curator, right? Can I did I say that yeah. right? You said that right. Because you know I'm yeah. a small town boy from Virginia, but <laughs> where, where they don't have bourbon porch anyway. So you are a curator and I'm I'm assuming that your palate is also amazing. Right. So because you have all these these experiences with all these foods and flavors and tastes, like what would you say is the wildest thing you've gotten in a bourbon in terms of picking something up on the palate or even on the notes? Aloe. Aloe. And was that was that positive or negative for you? It was positive for me because. because, you know, we cocoa much, butter. We do cocoa. I mean, you know, black folks, we do cocoa butter. Cocoa butter. So I was like, hello, this is different. Oh. Do you remember what it was? Which brand? What was it? I think it was, um, I think it was a Heaven Hill product that I got out of in. Interesting. I was yeah. sure she was going to say Dickel. <laughs> oh, certainly. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> So and it's funny, I'll send you all the link to when I did the very first tasting of St. Cloud Batch 1 with Fred Minnick. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, I we think saw I saw that, that video. We yeah. saw that. that was, so that whole cornbread from the oven, like people went crazy about that. It was just yeah. like, but if you didn't really grow up in the South or you're not familiar with Southern food, you didn't get that. Oh, like, no, I got it immediately. Like, yeah. So many people were confused by it. So that won't, so that won't Jiffy, huh? That, yeah, that's yeah, the, that that's the Jiffy. people that eat Jiffy. <laughs> that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. That's, that's the Jiffy generation. Yeah, right. You don't know what you're talking about. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and St. Cloud, that's one is still my, like, my, like, pop unicorn. I feel like that bottle is my yeah. baby. I love right. And it's not $89 and anymore. So, I mean, yeah, you, you got it when it won't catch real. for 89 Yeah. yeah. I have so many cases of that in my house. Like it's not even funny. What? Wow. I have so many cases of that one. 
honey, I was at every cigar bar, juke joint, bar, club, west of the Mississippi, Triton, that one. Wow. Yo, check, check it out. You know how many we got? <laughs> yeah, we talked to Ray. That's so, how many we got. <laughs> so is that why you brought? So is that why you brought Fred in? I, I don't. I might have some. I have to go through the box. I have like boxes, like yeah, please, yeah, yeah check it out. Well, and you know, we'll be there to help you soon. I mean, if yeah. you don't want to do it by yourself, we'll yeah, help yeah, your yeah, inventory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have no problem. Yeah. If your dad in. needs an intern, I can help him out yeah. with, with organizing your. Oh, and, even, and if he needs so an intern like, for his intern, I, I got all the funniest thing. So when O four was it O four or one fifty batch one came out, so. I told my dad, like, normally we have a system. The stuff comes in, he archives it, he puts it away. He put the bottle in their cabinet, in their living room. My mother was going out of town with her friends. Do you know that they drank my old Forester 150 and made, like, floats out of it? Like, ice cream I don't know if I should be mad or not because you know we tell people to enjoy the bourbon how they want to enjoy it, it. But, but, but with ice you, cream you on a whole different coke. level yeah. than us you know yeah. what I'm saying he was pouring wood for I said did the bottle say wood for <laughs> <laughs> it didn't say wood for wow why would you do that that's right. funny wow. but you know mom, but mom's no, enjoying some different people. stuff I love, when, I love when people like ask me to come to the home do the brown bag challenge when they ask me to batch cocktails at home, like I love that. I love spending time with people, and as I'm in a different city, like I'll reach out to people. Like and people tell you, like I'll try them in the DMs. Hey, I'm I'm in Charlotte. What's I doing? Where y'all at? I got bottles. Whatever's happening, yeah. wherever you at, that's where we at. Say <laughs> <laughs> less. Hey, we got you and we got bottles. Yeah, we, we got, got bottles. bottles. <laughs> we don't we don't have those <laughs> bottles, but we got yeah, location. I always carry something with me, like. You know, my, everybody used to laugh about this blue backpack that I used to carry with me all the time because it always seemed like I was just getting, like, crazy stuff through the airport mm-hmm. all the time. Wow. But it's fine. The blue backpack had its days. Everybody <laughs> loved to see the blue backpack coming. All That's right. So, so I, I know we're about to wrap up, but I do have a question for you. So we have sure. one, two, we, we, after you. After me. Okay, yeah. thank you. So we had this, we had a show we did called A Whiskey for Every Occasion. And because you are such a connoisseur, I want to hear what your whiskey for these occasions are. So we can do it as a as a lightning round. All right. Ooh, yay. All right. So day, just daily sipper, you come home from a, a long day of work and it's a weekday. What do you pour? Ofo 100. Ofo 100. Okay, okay. I like it. All right. It's a, it's a Friday night and right. you start in the weekend. You had a nice week of work, and you just want something to just let your hair down. What you pouring? Mm, Elijah Craig. Elijah Craig. Okay, just okay. a small batch or the to- toasted? Toasted beer? I mean, if we're feeling special, we go barrel proof. Okay, oh, that's what I'm talking about. I love the barrel proof. I like the way she grabbed the chest. <laughs> special. Yeah. yeah. No, that was that Kentucky hug from that, that barrel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a reminiscent. All right, okay. so your, your, your homegirl just got married, and y'all celebrating... What you pouring up? Uh, celebratory Mictor's 10. Oh, Mictor's 10. And you got it on tap. Yeah. Show it on another yeah. level. Show yeah. another level. Yeah, she got yeah. it on yeah. another level. Wow. All right. I like it double. And, and last one. So for me, so Bar Fair <laughs> Concepts, you know, blows up, 
You got Obama and them at your house Ooh. drinking booze. Uh oh. What you pouring up for for President Obama? St. Cloud Bachelor. Dang. Okay. Give us some applause. Give us some applause. Nice. Nice. Okay. Mario like gets the same time. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, all right. I like it. Okay. Silver back. <clears throat> so yeah. So you have all these connections with all these different distilleries. Has anyone ever asked you like to blend a bourbon, or have you been involved in any like distilling or any type of you know special projects with any of these places? Yes, so I have a program that I started uh, called Farm Distilled uh, with uh, Historical Oakus Grove. I was doing some research there, and I found that a lot of the slaves that were there were involved in early distillation and formulation uh, there, especially the women. Uh, They were actually a part of early stage development in a lot of the spirits that were there. Right. So we've been uh, working with farms and growing some really cool uh, different varietals uh, that will be used in experimental distillate. Mm. So we've been working on that program. I always get asked about blending. People drag me on barrel picks, although they're not nearly as fun as they used to be. Um, only because people, it's all about, you know, how many bottles can I turn and, you know, what stupid uh, thing can I come up with on my bottle? It's not about just enjoying the experience and the sensory that each person gets from the experience. It's not cool anymore. So that's why I tell people I hate doing them. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, you just did a couple. <laughs> yeah, because they're just not, they're, they're not fun. Like, I just remember when it was cool, like, pulling up the Buffalo Trace and telling Freddie them that I was coming and, like, it's just cool to sit and you're there for hours, not like by appointment. And then, you know, they're walking you around and you're like, you know, oh, is, you know, is that, is that a potential honey barrel, you know, and having those conversations. And I remember when Kathleen Key opened and um, Jimmy and Eddie went out to the warehouse and they had old maps to show them, like, how they should stack the barrel. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. That's like, history it, right it there. It used to be more focused on, like, the art, the experience, and now people are just dragging it to a place that the affinity there for me, when it comes to that, is just not there. Wow. Okay. So, so, so are, those, are those barrels coming out? I mean, that project you're working on, is that now? Is that... So we're my my goal with that is that you know the students that come through that program that like they will create products that they will have ownership in. Mm. Um, I'm not really looking at it solely as like an experience for me because I think about you know maybe had someone had a conversation with me when I was in my twenties, maybe I would have studied more about what I had access to. Mm. Not versus just going into like marketing and other like I think I would have delved more into the scientific side of it. Right. So I wanted to make sure, and I started this during COVID that bartenders, um, other Black people in the hospitality space, scientists, mathematics, that they had access to the industry and learning that they could find their own way to innovate production and development of spirits products. Mm. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I have a final question, um, but but I lost it. Just just in your whole um, direction and focus that you're going for the future. I like that. Um, 
I just, you know, we with with us coming out there next month, I was kind of torn between bringing our mobile setup, but I really would like to have a chance for us to sit down in a space together and talk further about what you're doing and your vision. Um, yeah, she's dope, with, man. With, with your yeah. farm project. I really think that people want to hear that. I'd love to take you all out there. We have a full operation. Yeah, we'd love to see it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, see nice. it. Yeah. Capture yeah, some pictures and everything and hang out. Are you all coming in August or in September? September. September, September. September 20. Oh, that's perfect. I'll be home. Yeah. Can I drop my exclusive stuff on here that I'm doing? Yeah, yes. please. You know, we're going to give you the opportunity to tell the people what you have going on in stunt about your projects. Yay. So I'm so excited and I'm glad that I can announce this on this platform. Oh, I love it. So next week, I'm actually traveling back to New Orleans. I am starting my curatorial residency with the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. Ooh. So I'm redoing the Southern Food exhibits and I'm starting with Kentucky. So I'm really excited. Wow. That's really just revamp that exhibit we were going to debut it during um new orleans bourbon festival um but i'm still having a launch party in new orleans it's going to be a party when hang on when is it when is this when is the party (laughs) when's the party can we crash it i haven't set the date and it is really according to the city about how we can do it but i am having a part a launch party at the museum it's going to be dope i want everybody to come out it's going to be a vibe. Yes. party. I can get out. Um, <laughs> and then we're also uh, working on a dinner series that will be coming to New Orleans talking about um, culture, food, and beverage uh, from the black perspective. So we'll be at historically black places in New Orleans and talking about the synergy of Louisville, French, black Creole culture. Oh, wow. So I'm really excited about that. Um the month of September, I'll be at home. <laughs> yes. I'll be in Louisville. I'm giving historical tours every week. So those will drop it like it's hot in a week. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll be with No Madness in Chicago at the end of the month to launch their series um, on travel. So I'll be with the No Madness crew in Chicago. I'll be with Kobe in Russell Reserve in Nashville. Then I'm a jam boogie on down to Atlanta with the black and wine culture people. Um, we just don't live this month because we don't know what the next day's going to Right, right. right. You're getting it in, though. I love that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to enjoy it while we're here. But the month of September, I will be in Louisville. I will be doing uh, bourbon tours and historical tours every weekend. You can go to LouisvilleTourism.com and sign up for a tour. They are free. Mm. F-R-E-E. Yes, yes. I'm going to be home every weekend giving y'all free tours. Tell the people where they can find you on Instagram and your social. You can find me at Social Ego on IG, Andrea D. Merriweather on Facebook, but go to IG because I know y'all want to see what I'm eating and drinking and what I'm pairing and yes. what life is looking like. Right. You know, whether I'm at the trap or the White House, the governor's mansion. Start what time? Start what time? She said the trap. <laughs> <laughs> Not the trap. The trap. Ooh, that's that's what's up. Yo, that's I'll take right. y'all when y'all come. Y'all are yeah. so surprised. It's going to be the best. Y'all gonna think, look at the whiskey prices and be like, the hell? <laughs> <laughs> the hell? That's fine. That's fine. Yes, it is. So, the cleanup part, of, thank you for being on the show, Miss Merriweather. Uh, yeah, it, it was worth the wait for her coming through. Yes, it was. I man. see why we, you know, it took a minute to get busy. her, man. Yeah, she's, she's busy. busy. She's got a lot yeah. going on.
So the cleanup part of the show last we talked about the Thought Parlor podcast. I got a name wrong. It's Ryan Fowler. 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 Like, like Ricky Fowler. Like Fowler. Oh, Fowler. Fowler. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Got yes. it. And if that's still wrong, it's Patrick's fault. You Clean, know, it up. Anyway. Clean it up. <laughs> so I'm your man, Aiko, with the plugs. It's been the Black and Brown podcast with our guest, Andrew Merriweather, Miss Social Ego. We're blessed to have her come through. We're going to do it again. Y'all keep listening. I'm here with W.H. Stevens, the Silverback. Yes, sir. And Delvin Joyce, the People's Choice. Wraps up when you're ready, pal. Yo, Andrew Merriweather is dope. Dope. <laughs> Pure fire. <laughs> can't, can't wait to hang out with her. Yeah, we kind of drained them up, but we right here. I got yeah. a corner. Let's hit it. Um, Cheers to new to chicken fries, tea sweet, and burning meat. Oh, oh yes. yes. <laughs> and stay black and keep it brown. <laughs> <laughs>